Greetings, and welcome to Little Readers Podcast, dedicated to literacy, listening skills, comprehension, and a love of reading. Our story today is an ebook entitled I'm Not Scared of Grandma's Basement, written by Patrick McNulty in 2020 and published by the Ministry of Monsters Press. Let's begin. Chapter 1, Moving Day. Leo Sparks was gonna puke. Every minute they spent in the car, every mile away from his home, his school, and his friends, he felt sicker and sicker. His stomach gurgled and did somersaults inside his belly, tossing the cheeseburger and fries he had for lunch around like clothes in a washing machine. It wasn't fair. He was eight years old and had school pretty much figured out. He knew the school and which teachers were nice and which were not so much. He knew who the bullies were and how to avoid them. He had his friends and he was happy. The car hit railroad tracks and Leo bounced in his seat, forcing a burp out of his mouth that tasted like sour milk. Yuck. Next to him in the back seat, strapped into her car seat, was his baby sister, Daisy. She was six and had slept for most of the ride. Her head bent forward until her chin was nearly touching her chest. A thin strand of drool clung to her lips and slipped in and out of her mouth as she snored. She was gross, but for some reason, Leo couldn't look away. Her drool was hypnotic. Bob, their golden retriever, lay curled between them. He hadn't stirred much since leaving New York either, except for a few leg twitches as he dreamed of chasing squirrels. Leo cracked the window, and the fresh air felt good on his face. A big, brightly painted sign on the side of the road welcomed him to Way's End. Population, 12,535. His stomach grumbled again as the panic set in. They were almost there. Leo is a little small and skinny for his age. He tries to act tough around his sister Daisy, but he gets scared a lot. His dad told him that one of the best ways to face your fears was to write them down in a notebook. So he did. Leo found that when he wrote his fears down on paper, they were a little less scary, just a little. But a little was a lot when you had as many fears as Leo. When he was finished writing his list of fears, he had written down over 100 different things that scared him. Next, his dad told him that every time he faced one of his fears and was brave, even for a second, he could cross that fear off the list. And soon, his list of things he was scared of would be a list of things he's not scared of. Leo was doing okay with the list so far. He had crossed off things like frogs and bubble baths and broccoli and was feeling pretty good about himself until his mom told him that they were moving. Their grandmother had decided to live in a retirement community 
near the beach, so Leo's family got to live in her house. The only problem was that Grandma's house was really far away. After that, the list grew to include drive across the country, live at Grandma's house, and go to a new school. Leo's mom told him that he had been to his Grandma's house before, but he was younger than Daisy, so he probably wouldn't remember. As his mom slowed to the curb and saw the house, he knew that if he had been here before, he would have remembered. He would have had nightmares about it. Chapter 2. Arrival Leo stared up through his window and saw a red and white moving truck was parked in the driveway. Men in red and white coveralls were unloading boxes and pieces of furniture. He saw the scuffed leather couch from his living room and what looked like the headboard of his bed being carried inside. That was all their stuff. This was really happening. Until now, he had hoped that this was all some sort of a bad dream and that he would wake up any minute now in his bed, sweaty and confused, but at home. He blinked and even pinched himself a little, but the view did not change. The moving men carried boxes and chairs up the wide porch steps and through the double-wide door of the house. A whitewashed wooden porch wrapped around the front of it, and he saw what looked like a bench swing at the far corner, gently moving in the breeze. Leo looked up and saw that there was a small window at the very top of the house that was made of stained glass. The blazing afternoon sun made the reds and oranges in the glass make it seem like the attic was on fire. It was definitely the biggest house he had ever seen. Back home in New York, no one that he knew lived in a house like this. The people he knew lived in apartments and condos, all stacked up on top of each other. This was super weird. He looked to the left and the right of the house, and he couldn't even see the nearest neighbors. Where had his mother taken them? They were in the middle of nowhere. Leo suddenly felt very alone. His mom said, We're here, guys. Leo's mom turned off the car and swiveled in her chair to peer into the back seat. Daisy, honey, she said, wake up. His mom gently shook Leo's sister, but she barely stirred. Daisy, come on, baby, Leo's mom said again. Up and at him. Leo reached over, grabbed the edge of the seat, and shook his baby sister until her head was snapping from side to side. His mother said, Leo, careful. Finally, Daisy looked up, her blue eyes dull and unfocused. Drool still clung to her lips, and her blonde hair laid plastered to her forehead in sweaty tangles. Are, are we here? she asked. Her mom said, we're here, honey. Instantly, it was as if Daisy had been hit by a lightning bolt. Her eyes popped wide and her little body strained against the straps of the car seat as she bent forward, trying to take in everything that was happening on the front lawn. That's my stuff, she cried. 
when she saw one of the moving guys carrying a box decorated with a butterfly sticker. Mommy, Mommy, that's my stuff! Even Bob was excited. He had shifted from his place between Leo and Daisy to Leo's window, where his paws were up on the glass as he scanned the front yard for squirrels. Daisy popped the clips holding her in the seat and wrenched open the door. Come on, Leo! Come on! Daisy pushed open the door and ran full speed up the lawn, her pink plastic butterfly wings flapping behind her as she weaved through a maze of boxes and furniture scattered on the lawn. Bob stayed right with her, scrambling up the front steps, the pair disappearing through the front door and into gloom, the creepy old house. Leo watched them go, feeling a layer of ice forming in the pit of his stomach. He couldn't move. He was frozen. Chapter 3. Grandma's House Leo's mom opened his car door and bent down to meet his eye. She brushed aside his long black hair from his face and tucked it behind his ear. If you don't hurry, Daisy's going to get the good bedroom. Leo did not say anything. I know you didn't want to leave New York. I know, she said. And I know this adjustment will be hard at first, but I think we could really be happy here, Leo said. We were happy in New York. At least I was. I miss Dad, his mother said. I miss him too, honey but he'll be back soon. Leo's dad was in the army and on assignment far away. Leo had the date circled on the calendar when he would be back, but it seemed a lifetime away. Can you just give this place a chance, his mom said. For me, Leo loved his mom very much, and he knew that she really wanted him to like it here. So, he decided to try, at least for her. He nodded, and his mother smiled, holding out his backpack. Come on, she said. Take a look around the house, and I'll order some pizza, okay? Leo replied, okay, Mom. His mom kissed his forehead, smiled, and moved to talk to one of the moving men carrying a large purple vase. Leo unzipped his backpack and pulled out his notebook. The cover was covered in black and white flecks that always reminded Leo of static on a TV screen. He had titled the book simply, Fears. He flipped through the pages where his careful printing had detailed his every fear. He scanned the entries, turning page after page until he came to the last entry about halfway down the page. 137. Eating Lobster. He found a pen in the bottom of his backpack, and beneath the last entry he wrote, 138, Grandma's House. He dropped the notebook and the pen back into his backpack and then slung it over his shoulders. He stared up at his new home as puffy black clouds began crowding out the sunlight and thunder rolled in the distance. It was time to be brave. Chapter 4. Grandma's Basement 
Leo moved slowly across the yard and up the path to the porch. The wooden stairs creaked under his weight as he climbed each one, one at a time. Someone had turned on the porch light above the door, and the light bulb inside the glass dome flickered and buzzed. A moving man squeezed past him in the doorway, heading back outside, forcing Leo to dodge out of the way and slip over the threshold into the front foyer of the house. The hardwood floors were worn smooth, leading the way deeper into the house and another toward the stairs. Leo wrinkled his nose. The inside of the house had a warm, musty smell that reminded him of what his hamster cage smelled like back when he had Mr. Pickles. He wondered if his grandmother had a hamster, or maybe a gerbil. Bong, 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 bong. Daisy's baseball-sized bouncy ball hit the doorframe of the kitchen, hit the wall, and made a moving man duck before ricocheting against a coffee table and hitting the stairs. Daisy herself came running straight after it, her butterfly wings flapping wildly. Leo dodged to the side as she raced around him. She snatched the ball out of the air and pounded up the stairs to the second floor, never missing a beat. I'm going to get the big room, Leo, she squealed. Leo didn't like the look of the upstairs. The sun was fading from the sky, and there weren't as many lights on up there. He watched his sister fly up the risers and disappear from view as the stairs curved out of sight. The kitchen was much brighter. He headed in that direction. Large windows looked out onto the long backyard and brilliant white fluorescence lit the kitchen up like Yankee Stadium. His mother leaned on the counter, talking into her cell phone. She finished her call and opened a box marked utensils. She asked, Did you find your room yet, Leo? Leo shrugged. What do you think of the house so far? Leo had to admit that it was a lot less scary than he thought. He liked the old hardwood floors and the big windows, and he was getting a little excited about the backyard. He had never seen that much grass outside of Central Park in New York. His mother smiled at him when he told her, and then they heard a loud crash, sounding like it came from outside. Mom's head snapped toward the front door. She muttered, Oh, no, and then took off toward the sound. Watch out for your sister, she told him as she left in a hurry. Leo promised he would, and then, when she was gone, he heard a rattling sound. He froze for a second, and when he heard the sound again, he moved toward it. He stepped around the center island, covered with boxes, and found the source of the sound. The door was made of wood and looked very old. Its red paint was cracked and peeling in some places, and it had an old door handle that looked like it was made out of pure crystal. The door rattled again in its frame, and Leo froze. The door didn't reach all the way to the floor, and when it rattled, shadows danced in the gap between the door and the floor. What was making the door rattle? Wind? Ah, oh, it didn't make sense. 
Leo didn't feel any wind. Then the door shook again, and the shadows flickered along the bottom edge, and then he knew why the door was moving. Something was trying to get out of the basement. Oh, his mind exploded with a million possibilities. Hairy three-eyed monsters, alligators, werewolves, wild dogs. Although, to be fair, he didn't hear any barking. Zombies, maybe vampires, or maybe even ghosts. He had to think for a minute if ghosts could rattle a door. He definitely thought they could. Either way, his first thought was to slip off his backpack and reach for his notebook. He silently moved away from the rattling basement door and headed out to the living room where the movers continued to carry in their stuff. He took a seat on their couch and found his last entry, 138, Grandma's house, and he crossed it off. The house itself wasn't very scary. It was just old, and he thought, pretty cool, really. Beneath Grandma's house, he wrote entry number 139, Grandma's Basement. That place was never going to be cool. If he lived to be 200 years old, he figured he would never open that door. What if he did? Then the monsters would get out. He wrote Danger beside the entry and then closed the book. Chapter 5. Leo's New Room Leo climbed the stairs to the second floor and heard pounding footsteps coming from behind a door to his left. He reached for the door handle, and before he could grab it, the door was ripped open, and Daisy was standing in the doorway, staring him down. He heard the bong, bong, bong of her bouncy ball as it bounced across her room from wall to wall. He opened up his mouth to say something when Daisy flashed out her hand and snagged the ball out of the air without ever taking her eyes from Leo. This is my room, she said. You can't come in. But Daisy held up the clear bouncy ball with the blue marble center that looked like a lidless eyeball. I'm watching you, she whispered and closed the door behind her. So where's my room, Leo asked. Daisy nodded towards the end of the hall. Yours is the one with the headless dolls and the creaky window. Isn't this place great? Daisy said. Leo opened his mouth to object. But Daisy was already gone, spinning in her sparkly shoes, her blonde hair snapping behind her like a golden whip, her butterfly wings flapping as she bolted down the hall and disappeared down the stairs. No trading rooms, she yelled as she stomped down the steps. Bob, Bob, where are you, boy? Leo shuffled to the end of the hall and gently pushed open the bedroom door. Three headless dress mannequins stood at the far end of the room next to a sewing machine. Large spool of fabric were leaning in the corner did Grandma sew dresses, Leo wondered. Behind him, his door opened and banged against the wall. His mother entered, carrying two boxes marked Leo in thick black magic marker. She dropped them onto the sewing machine 
and wiped sweat from her forehead. She waved a hand at the mannequins and the ancient sewing machine, and she said, I'll have some of the moving guys get this stuff out of here so we can move your stuff in. In the meantime, where's your sister, Leo? She ran away downstairs, Leo said. I just came from downstairs, and I didn't see her, his mother replied. Can you please find her and tell her that dinner will be here soon? Leo said that he would, and then opened the flap of the first box marked with his name. Inside was the picture he had next to his bed in their old home. It was a picture of the whole family at the beach. Mom, Dad, Daisy, and him. He loved that picture, and it made him feel better to look at it. He pulled out the picture and, with no other place to put it, set it down on the sewing machine. Leo's stomach began to grumble. He was very hungry. Halfway down the stairs, he heard his mother call out for Daisy. When he got to the ground floor, she asked him again, Have you seen her? No, Leo replied. I'm going to check outside, she said. She's probably playing with Bob in the backyard. Can you check down here again? I really hope she's not hiding again. Daisy had decided one day back in New York to play hide-and-seek, which would have been cool had she told anyone. No one else was playing, but she hid nearly two hours in a supply closet in the hallway of Leo's apartment building. Leo's mom was not impressed. Check all over, his mom said. The pizza will be here soon. Leo said he would and went through the living room and the bathrooms on the main floor, calling her name. She did not answer, and he was getting really hungry. And when he got really hungry, he got frustrated. Where was she? It was dinner time, and it was pizza, her favorite. Where could she be? Chapter 6 Where's Daisy? Leo checked the living room and then the dining room for the third time, and then finally the kitchen. He checked around the island and in the cupboards, and even the high ones where Leo had to drag a chair over to step on just to see inside. She was not anywhere. It was only when he was replacing the chair under the kitchen table when he noticed that the door to the basement wasn't rattling anymore. It wasn't rattling because the basement door was open just a little bit. Leo moved to the door and squinted into the narrow darkness between the door and the frame. Daisy, he called. Nothing, not even a whisper. But how could the basement door be left open? It didn't make sense. Daisy must have opened it. If that were true, Leo knew what happened. The monsters had taken his baby sister. Leo reached out with his right hand and gently pulled the basement door open. Just a little bit more. The grain of the wood felt rough under his fingers, and the hinges creaked 
as the heavy door swung into the kitchen. Light from the kitchen spilled down the wooden steps leading into the basement, and from the top of the stairs where Leo stood, he could see a bare light bulb swinging gently from the ceiling. A thin white string hung from the chain switch to the light. Leo stepped closer to the doorway, leaning his head farther into the basement. Into the darkness, he said, Daisy, are you down there? He waited and he listened. Wind howled outside and something made a scratching sound in the basement. The sound made Leo think of claws scratching on concrete, and he almost backed away. He wanted nothing more than to slam that basement door closed and never look at those awful stairs and the swinging light bulb ever again. He wanted to be back at his old apartment in New York City with the doorman and the elevator and no basements. He lived on the 10th floor in New York. Basements didn't even exist there. But he was frozen He thought, what if Daisy was down there? What if she was hurt and couldn't call out? When his dad left the last time, he had told Leo that when he was gone, he was the man of the house. Leo remembered nodding to his father, listening to his dad's soft, deep voice. You have to protect your family, Leo. Be a big boy and watch out for your mom and your little Daisy. Oh, Leo was thinking he couldn't just leave his sister down there, all alone in the dark. His fingers gripped the doorframe, and in a strong, clear voice, Leo said, Daisy, are you down there? He strained, squinting his eyes, and leaned as far out over the stairs as he dared, waiting for some sign, anything that would. Leo? Chapter 7. Rescue. Leo barely heard his sister's whisper, but it was there, and hearing the fear in her little voice made his heart thud loudly in his ears. He held his breath, creeping forward and placed his foot on the top step of the basement. Daisy, Leo said into the dark. Help, came the reply. Daisy was down there. What was she doing down there? Didn't she know it wasn't safe? Didn't she know that there were monsters and all sorts of creepy crawlies down there? Maybe she got too close to the door, and they pulled her in. Maybe that was it. Leo shook his head. It didn't matter. What mattered was that Daisy was down there now. She was down there in the dark and scared out of her little mind. Leo inched forward and smelled that hamster cage smell again. He covered his nose with his hand and tried to hold his breath. Daisy? Leo whispered. What are you doing down there? But she didn't say anything, not even a whisper this time. Leo knew what he had to do, but he was scared, really scared. So scared 
It felt hard to breathe. He looked back toward the front door where his mom had gone, but she wasn't back yet. Even the movers had all gone. The house was silent except for the wind and the occasional rumble of thunder. He was alone, the man of the house. He thought about what his dad would do, and he felt a little better. His dad had a bunch of sayings that fit all types of situations. One of his favorites, when Leo was faced with an impossibly long and difficult task like folding laundry or doing the dinner dishes, was a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, his father had said. Leo looked down at the first wooden stair leading into the basement. It was a doozy. The wood looked warped and it was split down the middle. Shiny nail heads poked up out of the wood, catching the light. His heart was banging against his ribs like a frightened bird in a cage, but he did not run. Leo took one last look over his shoulder, hoping his mom or even Bob would return and save him from the terror of going down into the basement alone. But they were gone, nowhere in sight. He was all alone and his sister was in trouble. Leo moved forward and stepped down onto the first step, and when his foot landed on the riser, the whole wooden staircase trembled under his weight. He paused but didn't hear anything from the basement. He opened his mouth to call out to his sister, but his mouth had gone dry. He gripped the wood railing and took the next step deep into the darkness. He took a third step and a fourth, eyes pinned to the dangling white string attached to the light bulb. He was maybe three steps away. All he had to do was reach that string, give it a good yank, and the bulb would snap to life and flood the basement with light. All he had to do was reach it. He took another step, and the stair creaked and groan, and Leo thought he heard something slither across the floor somewhere in the darkness. He froze and gripped the railing so hard his hand hurt. He heard the sharp click of claws over concrete nearby, and then a long, angry hiss. Did it, Daisy? Leo asked weakly. Silence. Just the dark. Leo was two steps away from the light, but all he wanted to do was run back up the stairs into the warmth and brightness of the kitchen. He looked back, and the doorway he had just passed through seemed impossibly far away. And to make matters worse, the door was closing, cutting off the weak light from the kitchen. Leo was frozen on the stairs, halfway between the kitchen above and the dangling light bulb below. As the kitchen door swung closed, sealing him in a creepy basement as dark as a tomb. Chapter 8. Stairs of Doom Leo had to make a decision. The kitchen was too far away, so he forced his feet to move and take the next step. He was breathing too fast. 
he felt dizzy and thought he might pass out like they do in the movies. Before he lost his nerve, he took the last step and reached out for the string. His fingers brushed past it in the dark. He swatted for the string again, and his fingers twined around it. Triumphant! He pulled down hard. The light bulb sprang to life, and for a second, he saw the basement clearly for the first time. Boxes were stacked in tall towers. A workbench, scattered with tools, lined the left side, and a huge, hulking furnace dominated the wall directly in front of him, with silver pipes snaking up through the ceiling. And then the light bulb exploded in a shower of sparks, plunging the basement into darkness once again. Leo screamed. Daisy screamed. And then Leo reached for the railing that was suddenly not where it was supposed to be. Leo's arms pinwheeled in the dark and he fell forward off the last stair and he crashed hard onto the concrete floor with a thump. He got to his knees and felt the bump on his head that was quickly growing from the size of a marble to a golf ball. Daisy whispered, Leo, are you still there? Leo said, I'm here, getting to his feet. There's something down here, Daisy warned. A monster. And then Leo heard it, those sharp claws clicking on the concrete, coming closer. A small dark shape, a shadow in the darkness. Hiss. Twin green eyes flashed in the weak light. And then Leo knew what that monster was. It all made sense. The smell he had been smelling in the house wasn't hamsters. It was a cat. This cat must have belonged to his grandma. It's just a cat, Daisy, he told his sister. It scratched me. It's probably scared, Leo said. Where are you? Hiding, Daisy replied. Okay, come over to me. I'm by the stairs and... No, you come to me, Daisy said, cutting him off. What if the cat gets me? Leo rolled his eyes. Even in a rescue operation, Daisy could, in fact, annoy him. Okay, Daisy, Leo said. I'm going to follow your voice, so keep talking. What should I talk about? She asked. Doesn't matter, Leo said. He slowly got to his feet and began shuffling forward, inch by inch, with his hands out in front of him so he wouldn't bonk his head again or trip over anything else. What if I tell you a story, Daisy said. Leo replied, okay. Chapter 9. Sparks. In the dark, Daisy cleared her throat and began in a loud, clear voice. <clears throat> the Day the Basement Monster Ate Me and My Brother by Daisy Sparks. Perfect, Leo muttered. Leo moved through the basement, listening to his sister recount how she was bouncing her bouncing ball in the kitchen, and it bounced through the basement door and out of sight. Daisy was getting closer now. Her voice was getting louder. She told him how she saw the ball bounce down the stairs 
but when she went down to get it, the door closed behind her. Did you find your ball? Leo asked. Nope, she said. It's gone for good. Daisy bumped into her older brother, and her hands wrapped around his arm. Leo could feel that she was shaking. It's okay, he told her. Come on. Leo inched them back the way he had come until he could feel the stair railing. Daisy put her lips right next to her brother's ear. This is where the monster scratched me, she said, and gripped him tighter. Leo led his baby sister to the stairs, and the two of them climbed the risers until hiss. Daisy froze on the steps and squeezed Leo's arm so hard he thought she may break it. The monster, Daisy whispered. It won't, it won't let us leave. Leo gripped the railing and felt his knuckles pop. Oh, it's just a cat. It's just a cat. It's just a cat, he kept repeating. We're getting out of here, Daisy, he told his sister, and he hoped he sounded more confident than he felt. It's just a cat. Leo felt Daisy shake her head from side to side as she tried to pull him back down the steps. It's all right, Leo said. Trust me. Daisy's death grip on his arm loosened a fraction, and together, Leo and Daisy stepped up toward the kitchen. One step, hiss, two steps, the hissing was getting louder, hiss, three, they could smell the cat and see the swishing of its black tail like a tiny whip in the dark. Leo, Daisy whined. Suddenly, the kitchen door was wrenched open, and their mother filled the doorway. Warm, bright light flooded into the basement from the kitchen. Leo and Daisy blinked as their eyes adjusted to the light. What are you two doing down there? Their mother asked. I've been looking everywhere for you. The midnight black tabby cat that was curled on the top step turned tail and ran between his mother's legs and disappeared into the kitchen. Leo and Daisy rushed up the remaining steps, and Daisy ran to her mom, arms outstretched. Her mom scooped her up, and immediately Daisy thrust her injured forearm in her mother's nose. Look, Daisy said. Her mother said, what happened? A monster scratched me, Daisy said. It tried to eat me, her mother asked. It did, Daisy told her, but Leo saved me beaming at her brother. He was super brave. Chapter 10. Snowball. The next day, Leo helped his mom replace the broken light bulb on the basement stairs. With the new light bulb screwed in, Leo yanked on the cord and the basement was filled with light. Meow. Leo moved carefully down the steps to the basement floor and found the black cat hiding underneath the tool bench. Mom said, There he is. Do you know that cat? Leo asked. Yes, that was your grandmother's cat. Snowball. Snowball? His mom said, Funny, right? 
Leo didn't think so, but his mother just shrugged. Well, your grandmother thought it was funny. Is it ours now? Leo asked. I guess, his mother replied. I'll go grab a saucer of milk for it. He must be starving. Slowly, Leo approached the tabby, and even slower, bent down at the cat. Leo reached out his hand and gently rubbed the top of the cat's head. The cat purred and angled its body closer to him. Leo said, Nice to meet you, Snowball. Behind him, his mother stomped down the stairs and placed the saucer of milk where the cat could reach it. Snowball, the solid black cat, raced to that saucer of milk and began lapping it up. Leo stared back at the workbench and noticed a single blue eye staring out at him between a red toolbox and a mason jar full of nails. Leo's breath caught in his chest for a second before he realized what he was looking at. He reached in his arm and pulled out Daisy's clear bouncy ball with the blue marble center. Later that night, before crawling into bed, he pulled his notebook out of his backpack. He turned to the last page and found the last entry that he had made. Number 139, Grandma's Basement. He had done what he never thought he could do. He went down into the dark basement, faced off against the monster, and rescued his sister. Leo felt strong. He felt brave. And he felt great to cross off one more fear. He took out his pen and scratched a line through number 139, Grandma's Basement. With his notebook put away, he slipped under his covers and reached for his bedside light, but it wasn't there. Neither was his nightlight. Both were probably still packed in the boxes piled all around the house. His mom appeared in the doorway and smiled when she saw he was already tucked in for the night. Good night, Angel, she said, blowing him a kiss. Sleep tight. And before he could say anything, she slipped the wall switch off his bedroom light and dropped his bedroom into darkness. Uh-oh. The end. Now, boys and girls, what lesson can we learn from Leo? Well, I think the best advice is how he faced his fears. Remember? His dad had suggested that he write his fears down in a notebook. And when he was even just a little bit brave, he could cross that fear off the list and he would end up with a list of things that he was not afraid of. You saw how Leo overcame his fear by thinking of rescuing Daisy. Now, you'll be able to see another instance where Leo shows his bravery in the next episode. This is Miss Joan Signing off until next time. Stay safe, stay healthy, and happy. Bye bye.